Hey, this is Gary. This is Mike. And Daniel. We're not professionals. We're just three addicts sharing our experiences, strength, and hope regarding recovery. Having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to other addicts and to practice these principles in our lives. Welcome to another episode of the 12th Step Podcast. My name is Gary. This is Mike. This is Daniel, apparently slacking. <laughs> apparently slacking. <laughs> Oh, that's what you meant by we're having a problem with Mike. Yes. <laughs> you meant Mike's. Got it. Ah, <laughs> this is going to be a long night. <laughs> All right. Well, you know, our next our next subject, we're actually going to be responding to a question from one of our listeners. Yes. He wants to know, what do you do on a day-to-day basis as part of your recovery? I think that's a fantastic question. I think it is, too. And I think it's a deeper question than you might think. So... Yes. Let's, I think there are a couple ways to approach this, and I think it looks a little bit different depending on where you're at in your recovery. So maybe let's take the question on, you know, what do you guys do that, you know, as part of your, your day-to-day thing that is part of your recovery? What would, you, what would you recommend to somebody who's just getting started, you know? Are there any things that have helped? I'll... I'll- that's a great question, and I think mm-hmm. uh, I think you had it right on the head. I think literally that depending on where you're at in your re- stage of recovery, that there, you may be doing some different things. Very early on in my experience with recovery, one of the best things I found that I could be doing would be do would be to reading my reading my literature, uh-huh. uh, attending my meetings, and doing those things. And I found that that consumed a tremendous amount of time. Right. Uh, much of the reading that we get involved with is nothing like a college course. It's not a matter of sort of cram for an exam kind of a thing, like wait till the very night before. Really, the best way that some of this material actually works is by reading some piece of it every single day, whether it's morning, noon, or night, but finding a set-aside time where one could literally just immerse themselves in the in the workbook and do some work and spend some time with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, reading good quality re, uh, recovery literature, attending the meetings, uh, you know, literally at the end of the day, uh, uh, as I think through my meeting schedule in terms of the, you know, there's, there's the SAA groups that are going on and you can attend multiple of those. Um, and I think they're worthwhile. And then, and, and then just the material associated with groups, uh, counselor driven groups, things like that. That, that consumes a lot of time. It does. And, and it's it actually comes highly recommended as I'm sitting here thinking, you know, uh, a lot of programs like uh, a lot of your recovery programs, AA, right. uh, all that kind of stuff, say 90 meetings in 90 days. You know, they want you hitting something all every day, all the time. You find a meeting and you go. You're having a problem. You know, you mm-hmm. find a meeting and you go. Right. So I think in, I think in the very early early stages of your recovery like if you're just getting into it now you need something i think that is recovery focused every day you need to get in the habit of of well you're trying to do a couple things first of all you're getting a lot of the information that you're trying right to to learn not only that you're also building a support system yes and you're kind of you're kind of trying to hypercharge that you know if you if you i've picked up somewhere that like if you were to pick up and move to a new place that it takes something like three years before you develop an infrastructure you know uh, sure. new friend groups things like that mm-hmm. and you're trying to do that you're trying to to create a recovery support system in a very short amount of time now the good thing is that there are organizations and people there that are willing to do that very thing right. so you yeah. know that helps a lot with that but you've got to put yourself 
there, you know, so a lot of your early recovery kind of work will be going into finding a 12-step meeting that, re- that you really click with and right. can stick with. Uh, like you said, jumping into, you know, therapy, things like that. You should really be doing something every day. You know, the other interesting thing, too, is is that this, is, this isn't a passive process. This no. is not something no. where you just simply sit down and read a story mm-hmm. about recovery. This is... This is in-depth evaluation of your own life, your own experiences, and these questions coming out of coming out of a, a you know a sage book from Patrick Carnes is is geared to driving, you know, help me understand this. You know, when was your life unmanageable? When was your when were you powerless over your addiction? Really driving at very specific things that require you to spend some quiet time thinking about your life. The steps associated in SAA, you know, some of these steps are taking two and. 200 days. I mean, I think the average for or the, the, the recommended time for step four is 200 days. Yeah. That's not just passively thinking about step no, four. That is that's a lot an, of work. That's a lot of work. And so the point being is, is there's something to be immersed in every single day very early on in recovery. And when I say early on, I mean, it could be from day one through day 365. Right. <laughs> Your first year is pretty tied up with, you know, 20 weeks of a, of, of a sage process and then and and groups associated with that and then another you know however long with a sage two if you wanted to and then and then involving in the steps you're you're easily a year and a half to two years literally if you're spending just a half hour a day i'd be stunned it's really probably more like an hour a day Mm -hmm. Uh, and i think you and i calculated at one time that that literally to find the kind of meaningful sobriety that you're actually looking for it's probably at a minimum of 10 hours a week and probably hangs out closer to twenty. Yeah, it's it's the equivalent of a part time job. Yeah. Yes. And that's pretty intense for at least six months to a year. Agreed. Well, so, and everyone's a little bit different, you know. For like me, mm-hmm. the thing that I found that works for me is, you know, I'll do a guided meditation in the morning and kind of set my intentions in the morning. Like, okay, you know, today's going to be a good day. You know, I know these things are coming up, but they're going to turn out well. Or, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I just kind of visualize and think the positive things that are going to happen. And then throughout the day as things come up, you know, as we mentioned, you know, if I get angry or upset or some sort of emotion comes up that's very strong, I'll take a moment. Why am I feeling this way? And work through that and then just continue on. And then, you know, I, I have my routine, you know, get up in the morning, take a shower, brush my teeth, go to work, eat lunch at a specific time. It's not like it's random throughout mm-hmm. the day. Right. Uh, come home, do what I need to, and then you know have dinner when I need to eat uh, at a specific time. Uh, within you know I'll have a little bit of a variance range that it's okay and it's acceptable. And then I end the evening with a guided meditation, and then I go to bed. Uh, not super late, you know. I have a set time that I want to be in bed by, um, and having that routine really helps. Um, I think a routine um, when we're talking very much sort of the early part of, all right, look, I just found out that I'm an addict and this is what I'm dealing Mm -hmm. with. And I don't find a whole lot of people who are at that stage who have developed a a routine. Oh, yeah. No, early on it was a mess. I think that's that's out of the question. That's my experience anyway, is that nobody's in any kind of a mental state to be able to perform that kind of a routine yet. Yes. But I will say that as time goes on, that you're absolutely right. I think routine is a very critical component of... Absolutely. um, I think... Of recovery work. Yeah, I didn't mean to cut you off. Think, think about it this way, okay? They say that it takes about 10,000 hours 
for you to get good at something. Yep. Wow. Right? 10,000 hours. Like if you were going to learn to play the piano, for example, you're going to have to invest 10,000 hours before you can... Uh, Say that you're good at it. Yeah, achieve a level of competence. Yeah. Right. Okay, and I think that's pretty consistent with any kind of a new skill that yeah. you're learning. You need to understand that recovery, living re- recovery is a skill. Yeah. It's a learned skill, and yes. you're going to have to invest that kind of time to get there. The other thing... The other thing that I think is a misconception for people that are really early in recovery is they think, what do I need to add to my life to recover? Yes. No, no, no. You are recreating your life. You're recovering the life you should have had, Absolutely. which is going to require you to, you know, in some cases, dismantle everything and, you know, and start over. You know, some people right. have to change their employment some people have to change their entire friend group some people you know there's some very serious kind of reevaluation reevaluations and so you're recreating or recovering your life and that is going to take well a lot of your energy and a lot of your time right well i I just broke down and did the math so uh, a year is only eight thousand seven hundred and sixty hours Right, so yeah. so we're falling right into that. That's full time. That's that's, every, that's, that's 24, twenty-four hours, hours a day. day for three hundred and sixty-five days. You know, we're sleeping for most of that. So even a year, you're not hitting. So 10, now 000. you're talking about a three to five year process. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Dang it! <laughs> See what I did there? Um, Tell me this. Uh, okay. so Daniel has kind of illuminated some of the things that he does in terms of a routine, and I, I think, think I think a routine is absolutely absolutely a routine, a schedule, something that you yeah. Just, you got to commit to it. Now, I think it's very, very important that when you when you go to write that down or you contemplate that, you've got to. This has got to be something you're going to do. Yeah. Yes. For you some, know? that may actually be. There's a couple things that I threw in here in what I consider routine. For mm-hmm. some, and, maybe, and it's going to be different for everybody. Yeah. One of the things that I like to do routinely mm-hmm. in terms of my routine always includes some sort of uh, some sort of immerse in scripture. I think sure. that's a, you know, that mm-hmm. kind of relationship, uh, developing a relationship with a higher power is a significant right. piece of all of that. Uh, it also includes um, some piece of gratitude, mm-hmm. uh, trying to find something that I'm grateful for during the day, whether it's a gratitude journal. I, I'm really big time proponent of a gratitude journal uh, because I think that puts us in the right mindset and that develops a reservoir. So when we're really kind of having a difficult day, those kinds of things seem to pay off in big in spades. They just simply do. Uh, but for others, it may be exercise. Mm-hmm. It's clear that exercise is not a component of my life, uh, but uh, but well. for many, but for many, that that exercise is a, a must. Do you know? And I I think, I think you're right. Maybe maybe exercise isn't something that that I'm calling you out a little bit here. Sure, sure. Maybe maybe <laughs> maybe formal exercise isn't something, but you are taking better care of yourself physically. Yes. Yeah. Yes. You know, even if you're not where you want to be yet it is on your radar and you're consciously aware of it aware of it yeah. i mean something that daniel said i i know that you know when i'm taking the time to take care of myself it's really good indicator that i'm in a good place yeah. when yeah. little things start dropping off i know that and it might sound strange i've talked about you know brushing and flossing my teeth doing my laundry is a huge yeah. indicator yeah. if right. you know as as to where i'm at and that's so as a result, that's part of my recovery routine right. to make sure that my laundry is done. You I know? know, I'm in a bad place when I eat at McDonald's. That's <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, like I mean, I like McDonald's. So you know, when I met with early on with my counselor, he, yeah, our counselor, he he mentioned, okay, you know, 
find one or two things that you can start with mm-hmm. that you can do routinely. Mm-hmm. Whether that's you know getting up every morning and taking a shower, getting up every morning, brushing your teeth and flossing. Start with those two things, and yeah. then once you feel like you're doing those every day, I, I know it sounds crazy to do you know right. that, but you do that. And then you add one or two more things, and you keep doing it. And that's what I've done. So I start on those two things. You know, it's like I'm taking a shower every day, I'm flossing and brushing my teeth every day. But I, I was mindful that I was doing those. Every and I day. think that that's another big, big piece of it Absolutely. is to be mindful, mindful and intentional. Yeah. You know, it's a big difference to, you know, go through your routine and just do it and just do it because it has to be done. And another to say, you know what, I'm doing this because I'm taking care of myself yeah. and this is part of my recovery. Yeah. It, it, it's a completely different kind of a mindset. I'll add something else too that's really interesting for those of us that are self-employed. Uh, I, I had no idea how... <clears throat> I've always had this attitude that work started when I got there and ended when I left, mm-hmm. really, which is a misnomer because I bring my phone home and work just continues on in the night. I've discovered for myself that I really have no boundaries. Uh, in that kind of environment, I have no boundaries. And so uh, my point being is is when, it, when we start talking about routines and boundaries and bringing that all back into perspective, because when we live in a boundaryless life, mm-hmm. I'm amazed at how easy it is to fall into the, 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 the habits of addiction. Yeah, And so... <clears throat> In that environment, when we can create, just as you talked about, look, my counselor said if I just did these two things, and when I did them really well, I did these two things. I added to it, and I added to it. Some of the things that I need to add to my world is to simply say work starts really not when I get there. It starts at 8 o'clock. And if I arrive at 8.30, I'm really late to my job, Uh right? And it ends at 5 o'clock. And if I drag home at 6.30 or 7 o'clock, and I'm still on my phone when I get home, I'm really working overtime. I need right. to understand that in terms of a boundary because yeah. being not not having those boundaries really affects yeah. the mind. Well, and, Do you know? Well, think about it this way. Think about it this way. Um, we have to treat ourselves like we're somebody that we're responsible for, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Right. And you, we've also we've all been taught that you're worth your own best effort. Yes. In your circumstance where you're self-employed, if you show up to work late, you're being disrespectful to your boss. Which is Absolutely. you. Which is you, you, you know, and you're worth your own best effort. So what kind of a message are you sending to yourself when you do that kind of stuff? Right. A discipline, discipline is a big key to this kind of lifestyle, and, and it's something that you can apply. You can start with the things that you're willing to do or even mm-hmm. want to do, yeah. right? Yes. It's a great place to start uh, disciplining yourself. I think that's absolutely right. One of the things I like to get involved with, too, that I think is really relevant for everybody is to sort of an evaluation every single morning when you wake up of where you're at. Mm-hmm. For whatever reason, I don't know why it is, but there are there are days when I wake up that it's just it's just one of those weird days where it's like, look, I, I clearly got off on the wrong side of the bed. <laughs> I rolled off the wrong way. I normally go left and I went right and it's not starting off to be a good day. It's totally like Garfield in Mondays. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And for whatever reason, I don't know why that happens, but there are days like oh, yeah. that in every one of our lives. And I believe it's, I, to be honest with you, I believe it's God given. I mean, there's no possible way that you could understand what a good day really looks like if you didn't have a bad day, yeah. right? So that makes sense to me at least. But so so bad days are a thing of life. We're all going to have Sure, those. absolutely. But how do we deal with those? And I know in my own world that if I don't do some sort of an evaluation, just sort of that wake up in the morning like, okay, 
you do some sort of a meditation yeah. and you know think through some of those things and i want to plan the day and all of that is fantastic but sometimes you know you you make it out and the breakfast isn't ready okay i'm mad about that and i tripped over a kid's toy and i'm angry about that and i the damn dog shit on the floor i'm <laughs> mad about that and by the time i get to the car i'm already wound up uh-huh. you see what i'm saying it's uh-huh. just one of those days and what do we do to get ourselves to the spot where it's like all right i need to back off because if i get to work in this mentality i can tell you right now that i'm not in a healthy place no and so some sort of evaluation is something i need to go through first of the morning think through my day and what it looks going to look like what kind of work do i need to get accomplished uh, and then sort of evaluate as that as the emotions start ramping up of the day. I mean, for me, uh, you know, it's definitely that car ride to work. It's like, okay, why is today a bad day? Why am I why why am I feeling this way? Sure. Why is this? Why am I grumpy? Mm-hmm. And but generally, by the time I'm there, I, I've pinpointed what it was. You know, maybe it was a conversation I had the day before where I didn't feel like it went too well, or maybe it was something that I felt embarrassed about. Yes. But I'm just now realizing, wow. In that moment, I didn't realize it, but now my, you know, I've had the night to sleep, and my brain's like, man, that was really embarrassing, and it's just been spinning all uh-huh. night. That's why I'm feeling grumpy in the and, morning. And do you know what I find it interesting? You guys are talking about this, but there are two things that, that both of you have mentioned. Number one, I bet in your recover or in your in your addict stuff, you weren't having those kind of conversations with yourself. Exactly. Yeah. And you both mentioned, and I do this every day, so. There are two things. That's discipline. That's you, right. You yeah. know, and, and that's a, that's. A, I do the same kind of thing. I have those kind of conversations with myself. You yeah. know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very interesting. Yeah. No, I remember those those early calls with you. So, it's like, so what's going on? So, Man, today just sucks. And I would sigh. And you're like, you know, I'm I'm waiting for the day when it doesn't start with a sigh. Yeah, which I, I think they don't now. No, it's almost yeah. What a breath of fresh air. Because it, huh? it was always, how are things? <sighs> <laughs> That's excellent. <laughs> One of the other things I think that's relevant too is is that at some point in time in a person's recovery, uh, they will start uh, either mentoring or mm-hmm. sponsoring somebody else in their recovery. That's a very natural mm-hmm. process, a flow of right. things, and it uh, I believe it enhances anyone's recovery process to be involved in that. I agree. In fact, you might not be in the role of a mentor or a sponsor. Mm-hmm. But you can start supporting somebody from yes. day one. Yeah. And if you can go into your your group therapy or your 12-step meetings and not only find somebody that can, will support you, but that you can support them and start checking in. Yes. You're laying the groundwork, you know, and that's immensely helpful. I can't tell you how many times in my early recovery when I could, would wake up and think, oh, I'm off. Yes. Something's off today. I can't quite pinpoint it yet. What am I going to do? I know I'll reach out and check in with everybody else. Yes. Hey, this is what's going on. How are you doing? Right. What yeah. can I do for you? you? Right. You know, that was a great way to reset where I was at. Yeah. No, for me, there are times where I'm in a funk and, you know, checking with my sponsees just gets me out of that because they'll say some, oh, I'm dealing with this or whatever. And something clicks or changes changes direction in my brain. And it's like, oh, okay, let's talk about this. And then by the end of that phone call, it's like, Oh, I'm not in my funk anymore. Right. Things are actually yeah. pretty good. All right, yeah, uh, let's so let's really yeah, mm-hmm. let's tackle the next thing. You know, it's it's simple things. You know that that you start integrating into your life. You know, yes. something that I I heard uh, somebody that I worked with say that I really like. He says, "I'll get up every morning and the first thing I do is I make my bed." And he says, "So I start the day by accomplishing something, and then no matter how bad my day is, when I come home, 
my bed is made, you know, <laughs> and I took care of myself and I get to crawl into that. I yeah. get to say, thank you, morning, you know. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Thank you, morning, Mike, for yeah. making my bed. Yes. Yeah. That's, a, that's a great thought. That really is something to realize that, hey, look, I'm setting myself up for success yes. later on yeah. during the day. That's well, a, that's a big I mean, deal. for me, there's no, nothing more annoying than dishes, but, you know, at the end of the day, uh, you know, clean up the dishes, put them in the dishwasher, turn it on before I head to bed. And I know there's a clean bowl in the, the next Thank morning. Thank you, because, yesterday, Daniel. Yeah, because there are times you know, before I got in that routine that I would come out and like, man, I want a bowl of cereal. And every bowl is dirty because my kids have been there that weekend yeah. and they have to sure. use every bowl. They can't reuse anything. And it's just like, this is frustrating. And then I'm grumpy because I didn't have my uh-huh. bowl of cereal or whatever. But it's, you know. As long as I you, stick to that routine, you I have a clean bowl. You know why laundry is such a big deal for me? Because I love the smell of fresh laundry, and I love the way that it feels. And yeah. so really doing that for myself, it's it really is a, you know, thanks, yesterday, Gary. Yeah. This was this is a nice way to start my day. Right. This really helped out. This yeah. really helped out. Which it, and it's way better than you suck yesterday, Gary's. I'm digging through the hamper <laughs> looking for another sock that's passable. You know, is this shirt the match to this sock? <laughs> can, can I wear this shirt again? Do the sniff test. Yesterday, <laughs> Gary, only yesterday, Mike would have pinned these together so right. they wouldn't be lost. I wouldn't have this problem. Or the damn dog took it downstairs. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I don't lose socks. You can actually go buy a bag and put all your socks in it and. Close it and throw it in the washer. Hi, my name's Daniel. Wow. I got the answer to socks. <laughs> I, I, since I've done that, I've never lost a sock. Do you know what, Daniel? Oh, Daniel, the lies <laughs> tell. That's okay. That's a great. That's a great story about one of my kids. I'll share that sometime. <laughs> You'll have to. <laughs> oh, father, the lies you tell. Other things. Other things um, that we do that uh, that help our re- that that help our daily effort of recovery. I. Okay, let me rephrase that in one of those guru-y kind of ways. I think every effort in your day is part of recovery. Okay. You know, um, eventually you're going to get to the point where you're going to get enough experience and enough knowledge that you're going to start finding some serenity. And things in your life are going to start to fall into place. And you're going to realize that recovery is nothing more or nothing less than just living a good, healthy life. Mm -hmm. You know, you know, it reminds me of the three circles. Yes. And there's this uh, there's this point mm-hmm. where we are so focused on leaving the outer circle and finding ourselves in middle circle living. And we live in this moment of fear because we never want to get to the inner circle. And then we have this wake up moment where we start losing interest in the inner star- circle and the fear of actually acting out and, re- and relapsing mm-hmm. and all that stuff and thinking to ourselves, you know, my middle circle living is really not all that cool. What I really want is that outer is circle. To yeah, back to my outer yeah. circle. So, what do I do to find myself having, you know, to get myself back to outer circle living where the days are filled with? I mean, that's really what recovery is all mm-hmm. about, right? Is to is to extend the amount of time that we have that are really good days. Mm-hmm. When we first start out, it may be one really good day and a whole bunch of bad, but ultimately. As a recovered life moves on, it's to find more and more, it's to string more and more really good days together. Right. And that's what it's all about. And so we start focusing more on the outer circle. How do I get back out there to the really good stuff? Yeah. That's what we're trying to you do. Want your, you want your life to eventually become like pizza. You know, Even when yeah. it's bad, it's still pretty good. <laughs> and, and I also think we, we need to have compassion with ourselves. You know, yeah. We're going to slip up. You know, yes. There may be times where yeah, maybe we find ourselves in the middle circle. 
you know, for a few it days. Happens. It, it, does. it happens. And it will. But the thing is, is we need to realize is, you know, there's a moment there that you realize, hey, I'm in the middle circle. And then we get back out to the, the outer circle. Or, wow, I'm getting really close to that in, inner circle. So let's let's do something to, to move from that. And realize that change in thought means you're you're in recovery and you're working it. And do you know what? You can start applying you can start applying the principles of recovery to other aspects of your life where you might be lacking. Absolutely. You know, uh, something that I've done that I've mastered and done very very well is this whole when I brush my teeth, I'm taking care of myself and I'm sending the message I'm worth my own best effort. I need to get to the point where I can do that with like I'm going to prepare myself a meal. I'm going to take the time and really prepare myself a meal and then sit down and enjoy it. Yes. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. I'm still it's like well, shoot, it's been a long day. It's nine o'clock, bowl of cereal. Here I come. Yeah. You know. Or I'm running to the local burger game. Yeah, or I'm gonna yeah. There's the dollar menu. <laughs> you know, but but there's 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 a place for me to grow and 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 you can start expanding what that outer circle looks like. And you might be developing new talents. I, I try very hard to to develop talents that I have or to discover new ones. Yes. Y- you know, hobbies, things like that. That's something that... Oh, yeah, all those things that we gave up as part of our addiction to yeah. down and discover that, wow, I enjoy playing the piano or I enjoy this mm-hmm. or I enjoy yeah. reading. I, one of the things that I wanted to address, too, is is that uh, um, a recovering me is more interested in relationships. Yes, absolutely. Oh, yeah. And so uh, this daily process of going through things means that that I want to spend more time with those people in my life that really matter. Uh, because the addict side of me meant that I was I was isolating, I was doing all these activities by myself, away from family, and, uh, and not in, engaging in any kind of connection with those people. A recovering Mike, a sober Mike, wants to connect with those people yeah. and wants mm-hmm. to have long-lasting relationships and meaningful discussions and spent quality time together. That's what that's about. In fact, something that has become part of my routine... Yes. Part of my daily routine is I set aside a certain amount of time in the morning that I call time for my correspondence. Oh, wow. You know, it's like, you know what? I'm going to check on my brother today. I'm going to check on my sister today. I'm going to check on this friend that I haven't heard from in a while. You know, and it's just, just a little bit of time that I've set aside where I can just reach out and and have something more than just a, hi, how you doing? But, you know, right. just really check on somebody mm-hmm. and see how they're doing. Yeah, that's interesting. I, uh, I had an opportunity this last week. It's just I've been thinking about this. I think I've documented multiple times in some of these podcasts that I, I've never had the greatest relationship with my father. Right. Uh, he's 83 years old now and is in poor health. And so I had a chance. I took the opportunity on Sunday afternoon to go down and spend some time with him and found myself in a situation of one-on-one time with him. And as he was talking, there were things that were coming up that I found myself sort of, you know, instantly I was thinking to myself, you know, in another day... I'd have wound myself up and stormed out of here. But right now, because I just want to spend some time with you, mm-hmm. I'm going to let it go. And I've, I had a really quality time with him. I spent probably an hour and a half, two hours with him of just he and I in the room talking about things that mattered to him. And I hadn't done that in a really long time. And so I'm starting to see, even in my own recovery experience, of just some of the stuff that used to wind me up is, is not so prevalent, not so mm-hmm. present. And now it's allowing me then to enjoy some relationships that with people that that in the past I don't think I necessarily would have allowed. So all of that's part of the process. And I think that uh, we can do those things, whether it's weekly, monthly, or, or you know, 
annually or whatever, but, but more importantly, those that are really close to us, we can do daily. And we can have those kind of experiences on a day-to-day -day basis. So that's a, that's a key, I think, that, that we can do on a day-to-day -day, day -day thing and connecting with other people. Well, yeah, and that's something that I've definitely been working on, especially with my kids, uh, my older teenagers sure. since the divorce. Um, you know, and for the longest time, and this is, it's great, you know, they're like, Dad, you're always making it about yourself. And I never realized that, you know, because my way of connecting was relating you know my experiences with them but they found that irritating and that uh -huh. i was making it about myself and you know they kept they kept saying that over and over i'm like what the heck i'm just trying to relate with you and i i'm asking you questions you know you're telling me about work and then i'm like yeah i remember how that was because i worked at a pizza joint in high school and it sucked and this is the things that i did because um, i have two kids that work at a pizza joint and they just hated it and i'm just like i finally got to a point i'm like they're telling me something here and <laughs> I'm ignoring it. Keep this up? <laughs> and so I just, I stopped doing that and they became more responsive. I actually hear from them. Um, yeah, you know, they'll tell me things and it's like, it keeps going instead of suddenly it just stops. Um, and it's cause I'm now I, I'm listening. I'm investing more in that relationship by asking them questions yeah. pointed at them and just leaving me out of the equation. You know, uh, you know, but I'll give feedback like, wow, that, that has to be difficult or that has to be frustrating. Um, you know, my, my daughter, she went out and bought this car and I'm like, oh man, I, I don't know if that's a good buy. And she's like, well, you know, her, her stepdad and her mom said, yeah, no, it's a great car. They trust the person. I'm like, yeah, but what you're telling me just doesn't sound great. <laughs> so she bought the car anyways. Well, you know, three weeks back, the engine blew just oh, wow. totally, the car's wrecked and ruined. And I'm like, you know, and I could have totally said, well, I told you so, but I didn't. I'm just like, wow, that's really challenging. You know, what are you going to do? And she's like, I'm going to go buy a car. So she went out and bought a car, got financing and everything at 19. That's awesome. Um, but, you know, instead of, you know, bringing it back, oh, man, I, I remember when that happened. I, I had a car that just quit working, and I, you know, I went and had to do the same thing. I just listened um, and paid attention to her struggles and, you know, uh, and as I've gotten cleaner and, you know, and more recovery under me, I realize, you know, friendships matter more. The time I spend with them, um, you know, I have a good friend that I've known since seventh grade. You know, uh, I go hang out with him once or once a month or once every other month and go just hang out with him and his family and we play board games and it's, it's great. It's fun. Wow. Um, just being there, uh, you know, and then I realize how much I lost in my last relationship and how much I wasn't present there and how much, you know, I really did care for her. Uh, but it's a little too late, a little too late um, type situation. But when I, I'm with my kids, I enjoy every second, even the time when they're biting or smacking each other. <laughs> you know, it's like, wow, this is great. You know, I get to be here with them. You know, and it's an opportunity that I have and we can chat about those things. Yeah. I was going to say something. I you, you hit on something that I think is really relevant too, and that is, is that we need to be present. Absolutely, yeah. <clears throat> that's something that we can do every single day. Yeah, and, and I'd identify it literally. We can make a conscious effort to be present. And I've, you know, at this for four plus years now, and and uh, have been thinking about what that really means. And finally, I'm making some understanding of what that actually means. My mind has a tendency to to quickly jump in the past and to regret, mm -hmm. fill myself oh, yeah. with all kinds of of sadness and, and get all depressed, uh, and depressed and, yeah. and pain and anxiety and everything else about, uh, 
about the things that I didn't do. And then it also jumps ahead to the future about wouldn't it be great if and fantasize and wouldn't it be awesome if and wouldn't it be, you know, wouldn't it be cool to travel here? Wouldn't it be awesome to go there? And all those things that I end up fantasizing about. But what about just being here? What about just simply living here? And uh, um, I can control my mind. I can control my thoughts because what that does then is is it makes me more available for my wife and for Mm -hmm. my children and for those people that are important in my life to simply be. Yeah. Yeah. And you get to rediscover things that, I don't know, simple things. As weird as this is going to sound, I like waking up in the morning and being aware enough to enjoy the cool tile of the bathroom and the warmth of the water in the shower instead of just blowing through it. Mm -hmm. Right. And really appreciating. Does that make sense? It makes complete sense. Yeah. Nothing better than after a hot night in bed and everything else to land on the cold tile and go, oh, that feels so good on my feet. (laughs) It's nice. I know. Yeah. So, um, you know, uh, it was recently suggested, you know, I make my apartment more homey. Uh-huh. So I bought a rug. And it's a very soft, shaggy rug that's f- fluffy. My kids uh-huh. love it. They're rolling all over it. I'm like, it's just a rug. What the heck? Um, so I sat down on it. And, man, there's I, there's something amazing. Just I, I'll just sit there and I'll just run my hand through it. Right. And I'll just sit there and for like five minutes. I'm like, this is just amazing. Yeah. And just take a moment and, and relish in that, and, you know, and whatever sounds are going on. It's a... Focus on my breathing. And just as I'm doing that, and it's like, but had I not sat down and kind of been present with that, I wouldn't have caught what my kids caught. Yeah. Which, this, this is an amazing rug. Now I have to go buy four or five. Right. <laughs> it's that whole, it's that whole, I don't know. Smell the roses, right? Absolutely. That's something that recovery gives you the privilege to do again, is Mm -hmm. to just really enjoy what life has to offer. You know, I, as part of my recovery, I, you know, we were talking about a little bit earlier. I got rid of, I used to just hoard games and things like that. And I finally sold off like 90% of it. Now I get to really, really enjoy what I have left and remember why I liked them in the first yeah. place. And then they get to, they get to improve my life instead of diminish it. Yeah. Yeah. And in those moments you can kind of rely on your five senses. One thing I really like, especially, you know, the last couple of rainstorms we've had, I just oh, go yeah. out on my, my porch and I just, I'll, I'll, I'll close my eyes and just listen to the sound of the rain. I'll smell awesome. you know, mm-hmm. that fresh scent. You know, of course, one of those times it still smelled smoky, but you know, even then I'm like, yeah, but wow, it smelled like a wet campfire, yeah, which yeah, is yeah, nice yeah, in yeah, its own yeah. way. You know, and then uh, I, I hate going barefoot, but I'd be standing out there. I'm like, okay, how does my feet feel on you know the carpet out here, which is not comfortable carpet what they use out on those porches but it's kind of that then after i i got all that then i'd open my eyes and then i'd watch the rain um sometimes when i'm sitting you know i'll, I'll just be there and just watch my kids play you know and, and hear what they're doing or, or mm-hmm. what's going around absolutely love the sound of rain yeah love 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 but one of the things i've really enjoyed is you know you mentioned the smoke we've had in the valley but it, that's done some amazing things for the sunsets. Oh, for sure. Oh, yeah. The sunsets and the moon rises and all that. Yeah. It's just been spectacular to see, to see with all the smoke. So, you know, even as bad as it's been, it's been good, too. To really sure. Witness. I'm going to jump topics for uh, and move us along. But uh, one of the things also I think that we can do on a day-to-day basis is we can be focusing on others in some form of service. Yeah. Sure. <clears throat> I think... Uh, 
uh, there's just there's just so many opportunities for oh, service. Oh, for sure. Uh, whether yeah. it's people that we work with, whether it's family members, whatever the situation, there's just always opportunity. Uh, and it, one, one of the things that this recovery has brought to my mind more vividly than anything is, is it's put me in a place where I can give back. Mm-hmm. And when I see people in distress, I'm much more aware of it. It's much more, it affects me in ways it didn't used to. I'm much more keen on how it is that I can help. And I think there's just lots of opportunity in our society to be able to help out. <clears throat> you were going to say something. Like that. It doesn't have to be big. It doesn't. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be big. No. Even just a hello. Yeah. Like, remember I mentioned my correspondence. I yes. I didn't realize mm-hmm. how much my siblings, particularly my, well, my sisters will express it to me, but how much they appreciate that. Right. You know? And it's not a big deal. It's 10 minutes of my time or or reaching out to my, you know, other people in in my world, my the people that I support or who support yeah. me. You know? Yes. Yeah, that's a, I, I did not realize how big of a deal that was. We had that sort of brought home to us this last week. Uh, my wife had to, had to speak at a church function and uh, mm-hmm. it was really interesting. Some of the, and it was on service and one of the topics that she brought up and she related a story from years ago. She actually uh, attended church one Sunday and, and spotted somebody who had just moved in the neighborhood, and she simply just went over and said, hello, hi, how are you, and introduced herself. And uh, unbeknownst to her, some, and then several years later, this individual moved out of our neighborhood and, and somewhere else. Several years, 10 years afterwards, we get a letter from them, and she indicated that experience and said, I had been praying. I had been praying that I would make some sort of a connection with somebody, and you were an answer to prayer. And related that in this letter to my mm-hmm. wife. And uh, she was just stunned to find out that something as simple as a hello, hi, how are you, on a, on a, you know, a, a casual meeting at church, would translate into that kind of a powerful moment. So it really doesn't have to be much. Yeah. Um, and I believe that there are opportunities like that in front of us countless times every day, every day. So bring it up full circle. Yep, because we're out of time. Bring Again? It yep. Again. <clears throat> bring it up. See, that's what happens when you're in the moment. You just enjoy it. You hasn't just, this, hasn't yep, this been a pleasant conversation? It has been a pleasant conversation. I think there's a, a, a bringing it full circle. We've covered about 10, 15 topics there that I think people can do every single I day. think, well, never mind. No, I'm going to do it. Okay, here. <laughs> Another really good thing you can do for your cover is to listen to our podcast. <laughs> yes. <laughs> On a regular basis. Shameless plug there. <laughs> what a no, great idea. Right? But but bringing it full circle, um, I think if you want just some really, really simple guidelines that would apply no matter where you're at in your recovery, get yourself a schedule, a routine, stick to it, and be mindful and deliberate in about what you're doing and why you're doing it. If, if you'll start with those things... Wherever you're at in your recovery, it'll make a big difference. It'll make a big difference. I think you're right. Yep. And with that, we'll wrap it up by saying, I'll say, you know what else is really good for your recovery? Do the next right thing. (laughs) I'll say do the work necessary to find the peace that recovery can bring. Yep. And find the humility in your recovery. Thank you for listening to the podcast. We would love to hear from you. If you have any questions, thoughts, or concerns, or have any suggestions for future episodes, please contact us at 12thsteppodcast at gmail.com. That is 1-2-T-H, 
steppodcast at gmail.com. As a fellowship of recovering addicts, Sex Addicts Anonymous offers a message of hope to anyone who suffers from sex addiction. Check out saa-recovery.org.